You're listening to the iterators of the Imperium. Hi, I'm Miss, and I'm here today with my co-host Ryan, and you're listening to Season 2 of the Iterators of the Imperium podcast, the podcast in which Ryan is the expert on Warhammer 40k, and I'm the noob trying to learn about the Warhammer universe. But before we get into it, we do have a Patreon you guys can check out if you want to support the podcast. We also have a Discord that you can check out uh, to get in touch with us and uh, follow with our community. But yeah, let's get into it. So Ryan, what is today's topic? Well, Nez, I have a quote for you again. We're back to our usual format. I'm glad to be here. It'll be fun. <laughs> uh, uh, so, do you think you're ready? Do you think you're prepared for this? No, I, I've only got it correct once, I think. So. <laughs> yes, uh, you have I'm in deep water. Ones, and it was in the one with R. Yeah, I'm in deep water again. <laughs> yeah, although keep in mind, we are like halfway through this season, so there is only so many options left. You know, we've cut that's, the list down by like half. That's so, true. Yeah. All right. Going to go for it with this quote. We'll see if you can get it. <clears throat> Mere killing should never be enough. How much more intense is the feeling of inhaling the mist created when you vibrate a foe's body until he vaporizes? How much more com- uh, completely have you explored all a person can offer you than when you breathe them into yourself, leaving only the memory of them still a part of this world? I'm sorry, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Not just killing them, but literally abs- absorb them. Yeah. I'm just going to uh, go out on a limb and say, I'm, I, I don't know. Can I get some more clues? Because honestly, I... I wait, who... Wait, hmm. 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 I don't, the thing is, I don't want to seem stupid, but I am, so... <laughs> don't laugh at that, right? <laughs> Come on, man. That was funny. <laughs> Ah, just put me out of my misery. What are we going to listen to today, Ryan? What is the topic? Today we're talking about Slanesh. Oh, oh for God's sakes. <laughs> for God's sakes. You know, it's one of the things when I when I think about it, right? Because we talked about it with Dar as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for God's sakes, Ryan! I just tapped my desk. Oh, God. I think I broke something. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know if my microphone picked that up, but I, I think I broke something. It doesn't I, matter. I didn't hear it, so I think you're good. <sighs> All right. Slanesh, let's go. <laughs> yes, today we are talking about Slanesh, our second of the Chaos Gods. And yes. as you may remember, they are the god of lust, excess, pleasure, and pain. Yes. So, you know, really fun person to have at a party. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, interestingly, right, for the record, Slanesh gets referred to by about 18 genders. Yeah, I think you've mentioned that before in season I, one, but yeah. Yeah, I have mentioned it. So they are referred to as the Prince of Excess, the Prince of Pleasure, the Lord of Dark Delights, uh, or the Eldar, who obviously dealt with, dealt with Slanesh first, refer to yes. them as Slylanthresh. Or, no, sorry, Silanthresh. Silanthresh. Uh, yes, which translates from Eldar to Gothic as She Who Thirsts. Oh, so, so yeah, that was a she. I, ex- I get exactly, it, yeah. yeah. So it seems to kind of go back and forward. I'll be honest with you, there doesn't seem to be a definitive one, so I feel like whatever you go with, they seem to be cool with. Uh, just so you know. <laughs> Although, I don't yeah. think anyone's ever actually asked Slanesh what they prefer. Um, be a brave man that tried, I think. 
<laughs> you know what? I, I reckon Slanesh is not one you could just go up to, right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. You know what? My vote is that we get Constantine Valdor to try and ask. Because um, he was the dude. You know when the Emperor like built the Imperium to begin with, right? And they like yeah. unified Earth and then started going off into the galaxy. He was the head of the Custodian Guards. So... In the in humanity's view, the top of the Imperium was the Emperor, and then rather than the Sigilite a second, it was like the Sigilite and Valdor were both second to the Emperor. So the three of them were seen as like the trifecta leading the Imperium into the future. The man was an absolute unit. There's a no, I'm not, I'm not saying tracking about Valdor today. We'll do that another day. He'll <laughs> get his own story one day. Um, yeah, I reckon yeah, if, anyone's, if anyone's up to confronting Slanesh to ask what their preferred pronouns are, I'm volunteering <laughs> Valdor. <laughs> so, as we covered last time, there's a few details about the chaos cause that we're going to go through. So, uh, sacred number is six. So, if you were to buy... Some of Slanesh's troops for the tabletop, you would get them in units of six, because that's how that works for some reason. Not really sure why. I think corn is nine. I can't remember off the top of my head. But th there's one of them that's nine, and you get your, the most like bang for your buck if you buy those ones. Yeah. Uh, and their greater demon, remember Nurgle had the, uh, the giant, fat, disgusting Buddha-looking one called the Great Unclean Ones. Yes. Yeah. Slanesh has the Keepers of Secrets. Oh. Which is a cool name. Uh, they are that's, like, that's kind of cool. They are like tall, typically depicted, at least at the tabletop, as like humanoid figures with four arms, clawed hands, horns, and usually like an animal-esque face. Huh. Yeah, they're pretty weird-looking dudes. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think I have a picture for you. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, oh, yeah, Keeper of Secrets. I would just say, I can't wait until we get visuals on the iterators of the Imperial Podcast. I know, I'm just saying. Yeah, then we can actually show you guys who's listening right now instead of you guys having to go to a Discord and stuff. But I mean, still go to a Discord. Don't, oh, absolutely. <laughs> still go to a Discord. God. Uh, that's wrong on that one. There's your, there's your picture. That's one of the oh, actual figures God. of them. They're quite cool. Yeah, they, it they looks are like a, one of the cooler ones. Uh, I don't know. It looks like. Something from Dragon Ball C still. <laughs> kind of like Janemba. <laughs> yes, in Warhammer settings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a turn that breed. <laughs> so, we are going to get into like the origin-y stuff of the god now. Uh, yes. The thing is, we've covered the origin of Slanesh multiple times already. <laughs> yes. Uh, Even in the last episode with the Eldar. And, yes. Exactly. But for the sake of continuity... I'm gonna cut, I'm gonna summarize this one last time. This is the last time I'm ever summarizing the birth of Slanesh, okay? Yes, okay. Yeah. Although the only reason I'm doing this is because I feel like there's a possibility that someone listening may have started their 40k journey with this episode. It is possible. Someone might have just been like, I'm gonna try and find a podcast about this and see if I can learn, and stumbled upon episode seven of season two of our podcast and thought, Yep, that's a good place to start. I'll start off with an episode about the god in lost in excess. That's a great I'm place to be. I mean, to be fair, though, if said person were to search for, you know, 
the name of which slanesh right they would probably end up on this episode wait right wh- why don't i just give a quick summary of it <laughs> <laughs> you want to try go for it i don't know if i want to like from a news, p- news perspective what i have seen and what i've learned right is like the eldar they messed around they did some bad shit and then slanesh was born and just absorbed anything and the eldar some of them got away so uh, most of them didn't and here ho bim bam there we go. I'm here. I'm powerful. Let's go. <laughs> you know what? That's the you know perspective. what? Close enough. <laughs> That's like, to, to be fair though, it, it, I like 10 seconds. That's a loose explanation. Yeah, honestly, honestly, fair enough. I'm going to roll with it. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna add in one little bit, right? When Slanesh was born, ate all the Eldar, as you vaguely mentioned in there, also ate yes. a bunch of their gods. Two, oh, Two survived, technically. A third one is around. So Aisha survived and is now captured by Norgal, as we mentioned in the Norgal episode. (laughs) And uh, the Laughing God, Sigarak, however they pronounce it, is still alive because he hid in the webways. And the third one that's kind of still alive is Cain, who was shattered and turned into shards and all the craft worlds so that they can summon this power of Cain and uh, avatars. Yeah. All right. And because of Slanesh being the one that devoured all the souls and everything like that, and them being so closely tied together, Slanesh has a little pool on all Eldar souls all the time, just slowly dragging away at their soul, trying to drag them into their domain. And obviously they all have to do something to keep them safe, as we covered. Uh, so you've got soul stones, just if you die, the soul goes into that instead, which come from Aisha, or you've got the, the, the uh, what are they called? Dark Eldar. It's not a Dark Eldar, what are they called? Uh, it's not a Holocaust. What are they called? Why have I forgot this? Why am I blanking this? Anyway, oh, you're the, the expert. The evil ones <laughs> in Camera, the space pirate ones, or elf yeah. pirates, they just do evil stuff to take life force from other things instead. Dunzo. <laughs> Done so. Done so. Right. Wait, I gotta, I gotta ask. Aisha is the the one in the <clears throat> the Garden of Nurgle, right? Yes. All right. So she's in constant pain. I mean, she wish she wasn't uh, alive. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's what you get for asking for help. <laughs> that's like a miserably existence. Like, I, I, I wouldn't want to live in that. Yeah, constant pain. I, I think that's the worst thing is that she asked for help, and I'm sitting here going, "Who did she think was gonna hear her?" <laughs> like. As far as, like, you know all the gods that exist. There's four evil ones, and then, like, seven that are your brothers and sisters and shit. And you've just watched, like, five of them die. Who did you think was going to turn up when you asked for help? Like, odds were, it was one of the other evil ones. Yep. It's a bad day. She had a bad day, or, like, a bad life now. (laughs) Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, I reckon something might come of that, though. Uh, down the line, we might see Aisha released and see an upsurge in Eldar, which would be cool. That would actually be kind of cool, because I like the Eldar. It's one of my favorite topics to talk about. Ah, fancy. That's good to know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, well, you've got a couple of Eldar episodes back-to-back here. <laughs> we actually did, but the Drukari and the Harlequins. I'm not, now, you know what? I don't want to talk about that, because uh, Dar has, has labeled me as... Something I don't want to mention for if there's any new listeners, but you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yes, and I, I'm not into that stuff. I'm not into that shit. <laughs> Wait till we actually get to the Drukari episodes. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, right? Don't mention them. 
Uh, like, I don't want to, on, to if we explode it. Oh, let, yeah? me, let me check how far away that episode actually is, just for... Uh, I don't know, you've got, you got like five more episodes where we get to Drukari. You're fine. Oh, God. The thing is, right, I don't want to... If our podcast at some point, like our brand right now with Iterators of the Imperium Podcast, if you listeners like this very much, which I hope, right, and we become at a certain point... <sighs> "Quote unquote big," you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be known as that guy. Like, if we go into like, you know, comic card or whatever it is, right? I don't want to be known as that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be funny. <laughs> People giving me that looks from left, right, and center, right? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Just make sure you don't follow that guy anywhere. <laughs> no, do follow that guy anywhere. No, okay. wait, what? I, we're still off track. Let's uh, all right. Back on track. Back on track. So we're gonna get into like a bit about the gods' kind of practices and stuff like that. Right. So yeah. Slanesh takes the stance of pleasure and excess in all things. Right. The whole point is excess. Right. Yes. But that doesn't mean that Slanesh's corruption always takes the form of lust, which is what a lot of people think it does. Right. A lot of people think yeah. it, it has to be murder orgies like uh, Eldar did for it to yeah. be Slanesh corruption, but it's not, right? It can be other things. It can be it can be in the sexual sense, or it can be like battle lust, warring and fighting to the extremes, and loving every bloody second of it way more than you should. Right? So, you know, it's it's like you're dead, but I'm still gonna shoot your body, that kind of vibe, right? You enjoying it way too much. Yes, it's also like, you know those people that go kind of manic and fight and they're just like grinning ear to ear, laughing their ass off as they like run through a horde of enemies swinging swords. It's also like <laughs> that. Like, you're, you're a bit too into this, mate. Maybe go sit down for five. It's a bit like that as well. But yeah, also like quadruple tap, a dead guy might be a bit much as well. I'm just thinking about every orc ever yeah yeah <laughs> just running right. into battle <laughs> so how are they not you know connected to into this like i don't know or, honestly they are right that's that's an interesting thing about chaos gods right so slanesh's particular brand of chaos is a hard one to describe so i've got a couple of like anecdotal uh, explanations of how slanesh's corruption works but mm. this is a good point to talk about so it's very difficult to do anything without feeding to one of the chaos gods, right? Because just by being alive and getting older and stuff like that, you're feeding a little bit to Nurgle. And then because you kind of have to fight to survive, most people in 40k end up in a war at some point. It's just a thing that happens because there's war everywhere and everyone has to fight to defend themselves. So most yeah. people will end up fighting to defend themselves, which is uh, pride in martial combat, which uh, feeds corn. And then it, it, everyone at some point is trying to be sneaky and things like that and underhanded for the betterment of themselves, which will feed Zinch. It, there's always something, you know what I mean? So it's very yeah. difficult to live a life where you don't in some way feed one of the Chaos Gods. A lot of the time, your actions will feed two of them. That same guy that's run across a battlefield laughing his ass off, gutting things, is feeding both Slanesh with his lust and excess towards battle, and he's feeding Corn with the exact same thing. You know? Yeah. It's very difficult to live a life that avoids Chaos Gods altogether. And the orc would definitely be a part of that. 
The thing is, yeah. it's just very hard to make use of orcs as a chaos god because, well, what are you going to do? You can't really corrupt something that's, you know, kind of brainless. <laughs> <laughs> the the intelligence of an orc is probably its, it's like strongest defense mechanism against chaos. Yeah, but I, I mean, they still feed the chaos gods, but it's like, yeah. you don't have to do anything. They do the job just inherently, subconsciously, just yeah. do the job. Well, the, it's fine. <laughs> that, that is exactly how the chaos gods were born, though. It was people doing these things regardless. You know, that's how they yeah. end up being born. Uh, so it's, ah, basically everything feeds to them, but not everything is taken advantage of by them. Because you really can't get an orc that Zinj can use for anything. Because what the fuck is an orc going to do that's like a sneaky, underhanded plan? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, but something like Slanesh, right? If it works, it works. Corn, I think, would be the best one for orcs. Because they're all about yeah. war. You Corn yeah, could from, basically yeah. just take over one relatively smart orc and use him and point them all at a certain thing. And... Like, if orcs are like, we're going to go ransack this planet, and then Corn just, like, whispers in the ear of one of them, and he's like, no, 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 let's go attack this other place, and it's actually just, like, an imperial home base, and just starts an all-out <laughs> bloody war of carnage, <laughs> just because Corn's just sitting there like, yay, blood! Yay! I mean, to be fair, I don't know much about uh, orcs, hygienics, uh, but I, I reckon Nurgle could <laughs> could do a thing or two. See, I would think that too. But the other side of it is they're not um, they're not our kind of organisms. They're mycelia based. They're mushroom based. So you can't really infect them with most things. The worst you could do is have them be plague carriers. But then, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, so. you could do that, but then you would need to have a disease that can infect and grow within a mycelia. And then spread to others, hmm. which is complicated enough in itself. Because how many fungus-based diseases are there that we deal with? You know what I mean? There's not actually a huge amount that do much yeah. to humanity unless you're a moron and infect yourself. It either <laughs> takes like serious lack of hygiene or serious lack of common sense and will to live to get like these kind of like fungal diseases that can actually kill you. Or a lot of bad luck, I would say, is another part of it. So in a battlefield, it's very unlikely to get infected by something like that. So yeah. the orcs, while they are very good for like causing death to feed Nurgle and you know murdering stuff in war for corn, they're not great at like being used by the chaos gods. So that's true. Yeah, <clears throat> which is handy, I suppose. You don't really need yeah. to worry about that. Uh, and the Tyranids would be great for guys like Korn because they just murder stuff. Yeah, they just kill everything. Except they have the Shadow and the Warp. The, the Tyranids, as they exist in the groups that they do, block out the Warp. So I don't think anything they do actually feeds to the Chaos Gods. So it's, it's a weird one, right? What, how the Chaos Gods actually work is quite an odd thing when you actually start looking into it properly. Yeah. You know how I was saying that uh, the chaos corruption is quite an odd thing to explain with Slanesh? Yes. Right? So not everyone is always at risk from the from every god, right? So if you take the average imperial citizen, right, just some random worker on a backwater planet in the middle of nowhere, they could easily get sick and then beg Nurgle for release, right? Yes. You can fault a Nurgle dead easily like that they could aspire a better life and kind of throw others under the bus, as it were, 
to better themselves, which Zinch might care about, but the scale would probably be too small for Zinch to give a shit. Right? Yeah. And what? They could start bar fights. Like, Corn's not going to give a fuck. <laughs> or they could take copious amounts of drugs and alcohol, assuming they had the money to buy it or the ability to acquire it. Slanesh might care, but it's not very likely. No. So, in reality, the average person has very little. A very little risk of falling to a chaos god on their own. You get a group of them together, they might do some shit that would, you know, make one of the gods be like, "All right, fine, I'll I'll do something to one of you," <laughs> or something like yeah, that. I'll, I'll give I'll give the group a little boost if you go, I don't know, poison the town's water supply for me or something. Like maybe, but one guy on his own, your average imperial citizen, chaos gods aren't really going to give a fuck. So depending on who you are, I would say because one in very influential guy could do massive that's exactly it yeah that's what i was gonna get to in reality the common folk that end up worshiping slanesh are more likely nobles than and those of rank uh, who would have access to things so like it might start off with like taking recreational drugs and then you know you're like all right this is pretty cool i'm into this and then a year later boom murder sex (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, like you don't know how you got there because Slash was the one driving the car, but here you are, you, you're at murder <laughs> orgies, right? That's more the way it would go because you have you would have access to things like that. Yeah. So, I, I, like I said, I've got like an anecdotal version of a way to explain Slanesh's kind of corruption, right? Mm. Uh, it's from a book called Fulgrim. It's actually about Fulgrim and his fall. It's right at the start of the Horus Heresy. There is a character called Serena Dangelis. Or Serena Dangelis. Ah. Uh, she is a Remembrancer. So do you remember at the start of the Heresy, the Emperor started a thing called the Remembrancers, and they were people that were like artists or authors or stuff like that. They went along with a crusade to document it for future generations. Yes, and I do believe I've heard that name before. You very well may about have. Her. Yeah. So Serena was a remembrancer. She was a painter, eh, and she was put in with the Emperor's children. So she was on Fulgrim's flagship, and she painted events of the conquests as you know as they went along for future generations. Mm-hmm. And as Fulgrim and the Emperor's children tended to be fans of art and the more aesthetic things in life in general, she was a good fit. Right? She was perfect for that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eventually, Fulgrim commissioned her to paint a portrait of him. So it was a huge honour. Likely no other Remembrancer would be commissioned by any of the other Primarchs for anything, really. Especially not a painting of them individually. So, great honour there. And mm-hmm. around the point that we're kind of getting at, the Emperor's children conquest a planet called Laren. Right? The people of Laren were Slanesh worshippers. And during the conquest, they found this temple... And they cleared it out. It was a temple built to worship Slanesh. Uh, and during which, Fulgrim acquired a possessed sword, <laughs> which is what corrupted him at Slanesh, for the record. Um, but Serena was allowed to visit the temple because it was a it was a site of the conquest. It was an important one because it was a big deal. It was heavily fortified. It was where a lot of worshippers were. And it was a scene of a great battle involving Fulgrim because that's how he got the sword. He killed one of the lair and took it from them. Yeah. Uh, so she was allowed to go down after they'd cleared the place of any, you know, hostiles uh, to see the temple. And the thing is, when she saw the temple, 
that's what started to corrupt her, was having been in this area that's such a powerful kind of link to the worship of Slanesh. Slanesh had a lot of hold in that place because it was literally their place of worship. So the sites of the temple kind of started to get to her. So she tried tirelessly to replicate the wonders of the temple within her paintings, right? The temple was all gaudy and disgusting to look at, but it was like crazy vibrant colours and just really weird to look at and it got stuck in her head. But she tried to replicate it in the painting because she was now obsessed with this idea that it was beautiful for some reason, because it's Slanesh, I guess. And the fact that, that it was unattainable, she couldn't possibly replicate it in the painting because it was literally caused by a god. Right? It, yeah. it is unfathomable <laughs> to a degree. But the fact that she couldn't attain the same kind of vibrancy and stuff in the painting made it become an obsession. Right? The fact that it was mm-hmm. just out of reach, it made it her like stick to it more. And eventually she started to kind of, like, her mind started to twist because of it. The colours were never quite right and it was never vibrant enough and she just needed to achieve that goal. Yeah. Eventually, while she's working, she accidentally cuts her arm, right? Or her hand, I can't remember which one. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, I know where it's going. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, and found that the the red of the blood was the perfect red pigment. So she started down a path of self-mutilation to keep the pigment flowing. Yes. Eventually, uh, she had to look elsewhere for other colours, right? The thing is, there's only so much she can acquire from herself without killing herself and then not being able to finish the painting. So she took the life of another remembrancer. For the record, by this point, she looks like a corpse. Like, she's like, (laughs) or like, she's all gaunt and pale, and like, she's not seen the sun, or she's not seen light in like, like, weeks. And she just, she's all disheveled and stuff. And she realizes what she has to do. She goes to a bar on the ship just for the remembrancers and picks up some guy. And as I was reading it, I was like, why is he going with her? She looks like Skeletor. (laughs) <laughs> it's like how desperate is this guy jesus christ he might just be very very drunk <laughs> well genuinely might have been but she probably ta- she takes him back to her studio and kills him yeah and basically just gradually eviscerates him to use his organs for different colors yes uh so she does finish the painting using the corpse of other people i think she kills more than one but yes regardless she does finish the painting. And when she does finally finish it, she wants to show her friend, right? Her friend is one of the other remembrancers that we followed the storyline of in this book, by the way, a man called Ostian Delafour. Um, mm-hmm. His story is another one, which is incredible. But uh, she goes to his studio to get him to come and see the painting. And she finds him dead. He had been sculpting a statue of Fulgrim, like wielding his sword, and Fulgrim had came and like challenged him about like what was going on because Ostian didn't wasn't corrupted. He never saw the temple or anything like that. So he was kind of against Fulgrim at this point, but not like openly. And Fulgrim went to challenge him about it and just shoved him back onto the, the statue's sword. <laughs> so he impaled him on his own statue. <laughs> but Serena gets there and finds him like having been dead for ages, impaled on this sword. And seeing this kind of like makes her snap. 
So she throws herself onto the sword as well. The two of them die to or lay there dead together. It's quite horrible. Uh, yeah, one day, one day I'll actually just tell you the story of Austin Delavore because he's a cool guy. He's got a really cool storyline. Um, I feel it sounds a bit like Romeo and Juliet. I'm not it honestly lie. kind of is, but less romantic. It's not like about them being together. It's more no. of like they were friends. He had a bit of a thing for her. I don't think she really had a thing for him, but they were like really good friends. And then all this shit happens. Uh, but Fulgrim eventually did find the painting in her studio and he loved it, it was perfect it represented exactly what he wanted so he took it to his private sanctum and even talked to it and could hear it talking to him which was just the it was just the possessed sword talking to him but still um, and eventually the the soul the demon in his sword swaps his place so Fulgrim gets trapped in the painting and the demon takes over his body so for a while uh, Fulgrim is just possessed and not in his own body which is hilarious yeah I do remember that yeah yeah so (laughs) that's an example of how Slaanesh corruption goes it just plants a little idea in your head that makes you constantly strive for more and more and more and warps your your understanding of what is reasonable and what is not reasonable to get to this goal that you're striving for until you're way past the point you ever started at. It was never about getting a nice painting anymore. No. It's actually quite sickening to think about it like crazy. Like whoever, you know, came up with that stuff is like, geniuses yeah honestly yes it takes a very special kind of mind to come up with these things i believe yeah i would say that too like it takes a special kind of mind like you say right now it's like how do you come up with that stuff right it's and can we keep an eye on you please it's like you know uh, uh, the best murder mysteries probably will be written by a murderer (laughs) you know that kind of thing (laughs) if you know what i mean (laughs) it's kind of that that, that thing like well done murder that was excellent you're spot nobody on, knows you're exactly right. Yeah, like nobody knows a psychopath's mind as much as a psychopath. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I feel like next time there's a serial killer no one can figure out, they should get in some of the 40k writers to try and figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> How do you come up with this stuff? Uh, totally not by personal experience. Yeah, but... <laughs> no, no, I haven't melted anyone in a barrel after painting using their kidneys. <laughs> I could talk... give you a theory, but it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> it was my uh, uh, neighbor, uh, John, yes. A friend of mine's friends, uh, cousins, you know. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Right. We're going to talk about the realm of Slaanesh now, right? Yes. So the realm of Slaanesh is quite similar to the design of hell in the Divine Comedy. You know, like the seven circles of hell, one for each of the cardinal sins. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a bit like that, except it's six rings rather than seven. That's all. Yeah, it has to be changed. It has to be different. Well, six is Slaanesh's main, is, uh, their number. Oh, yeah, true. So, yeah. Uh, so each has its own brand of pleasure for those trapped there to, you know, delight in for all eternity. Yeah. So the thing is, you can go there and you can travel through it, right? So the say you were going to go through Slaanesh's realm, right? Say we send in Valdor and go talk to Slaanesh to find out what pr- uh, pronouns they prefer, right? The first circle they get to is the circle of avidity, which plays upon their greed. So it tries to offer them money and anything like that, anything they could ever desire, right? 
and Valdor would have to ignore this. They would have to not succumb, because otherwise, if they do succumb to the temptations, they are trapped there forever until they die, right? Yeah. So he has to basically just keep his wits about him, keep moving until he gets to the second circle. Second circle is gluttony. It's all the food and, like, lavish food and drink you could ever be offered. Fanciest wines, fanciest food, food you know you inherit it, but it tastes amazing. Offers you all this kind of stuff. Right? Valdor's got to ignore his rumbling stomach and keep fucking walking. Right? Mm-hmm. Gets to the third, which is carnality, which contains the exact perfect desire of your heart. Right? This is where he gets there and there's like a eight foot tall woman who's unbelievably sexy that's offering herself to him. <laughs> he's got to he's got to ignore it and keep walking. Right? Yeah. Right? Eventually he gets to the fourth, right? This is Paramounty, so this is the one that tempts the victim with power. He walks into this one, there's crowds cheering his name, how he's a hero and all this kind of stuff. It's good to ignore it, it's good to block it out, right? And keep walking, otherwise it's just going to revel in their in their worship till he dies. Fifth is Vain Glory. This is where the vic- or the this is where Valdor, I guess, in this scenario, uh, will see the perfect image of himself, right? And yeah. if they feel any pride... They're trapped there forever, right? Yeah. He's got to be like, no, 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 no. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a servant of the emperor. I'm designed purely to fit the job I'm doing. He's got to think of nothing but service and keep marching. Right? You get to the final circle. Final circle is paradise. Be- just being there fills you with utter bliss. You've never felt anything better than just being in this area. And if you stop, even momentarily to enjoy it, you'll fall into a coma. <laughs> you just right? lie there till you die. Right? Valdor's got to just keep marching. That's it. Fuck the good feelings. He has to know the correct pronouns to call Slanesh so that we don't offend them. That's the rules. That's why he's there. That's his mission. He's got to focus on it and keep marching. And then eventually, if he manages to overcome all of that, he comes to the palace of Slanesh in the center of all the circles. And if you get there, you come before Slanesh them- themselves. Right? Yeah. Unfortunately, anyone that sees Slanesh instantly goes mad and becomes a soulless slave to Slanesh. Oh, well. <laughs> bit of a wasted journey. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could understand. It's like, but we've talked about this before briefly. I think, like, one's mind could not comprehend what you're seeing. That's it. That's it. So. Yeah. I think that seeing them all has like a profound effect on a on a mortal because the idea is you you instantly become a slave to Slanesh, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming that the reason for that is actually that being in their presence kind of enacts their power upon you to such a degree that it's unfathomable. So I think that like if you come literally before Father Nurgle or Grandpa, Nur- Grandpa Nurgle, whatever you want to call him, Big Pappy <laughs> Nurgle, I think that you would instantly be afflicted with such horrible diseases that you couldn't even comprehend it. But I think the same thing happens with Slanesh. I think that you're instantly overcome with like the most intense pleasure a human mind can possibly actually like you know, be in, and thus you just become a slave to it. I think there might be something like that. Yeah, I would put my money on that too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because it's odd that you would become a slave, because none of them actually have the power to control you. Half of the point of it all is that you choose to do it, you know? Your mind might be corrupted, so you think it's a good idea, but you still got there with free will. You still made the choices that brought you to them. None of them have yeah. the power to just take over something, you know? Um, no. So it's odd that you would become a slave in in that wording. I think it's it must be more to it, you know? It must be because it's, you know, god powers that are unfathomable. It must be something like that. It must be a... I mean... Yeah. You know. In, in human terms, I'm just going to use this I, 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 as an example. Uh, don't take this too seriously, by the way, to the listeners as well, right? I don't want to start a controversy here. Okay. Um, because I'm a big football guy, right? Right. And I like, I like football. And I'm not too big of a fan of putting people on a pedestal and saying, like, gods and stuff like that. That's, you know, blasphemy, all that. I'm not into that. But I reckon if you are, for example, a Ronaldo Messi fan, right? And you're in their presence, just a presence alone, if they were to be in front of you, right? If they say, give me a glass of water, you're going to give them a glass of water. <laughs> you know what I mean? All no right, questions yeah, yeah, asked. I get that. I get <laughs> if you get what I mean, like... I mean, being a football fan myself, if I saw each either of them, if they were in my presence and st- spoke directly to me, I think I would be like overwhelmed too. Mm. But if you take that into Warhammer sense, it's like it's that, that feeling times one hundred million thousand billions. I don't know, you know. Yeah, literally an unfathomable degree. Yes. <laughs> All right, but it's probably like that feeling is probably in the right direction, the right theme. I think. Yeah, I just try to try, try to take it to like a human, like real life situation that yes. people could relate with in a slight, you know, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, to- I'm chatting out my ass. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to set an example here. Yeah. All right. Now that we've tried to explain that 18 times and probably failed every time, we're gonna move yep. on to the followers of Slanesh. Yeah. Yeah, the ungodly followers of the Prince of Desire. <laughs> what fun people these are <laughs> so first are the keepers of secrets the greater demons of Slanesh which I mentioned earlier yes. uh, for the record they, they typically act as like army leaders uh, and the armies are known as the legions of excess which is a cool name yeah yeah. so the yeah. keepers of secrets don't have a single appearance they don't all look the same uh, each one kind of takes a form that suits how Slanesh was feeling when they were created so I assume that if uh, Slanesh was feeling particularly lusty at the time, they they have tentacles. <laughs> I, I guess. Right? Uh, so, like I said earlier, they're typically humanoid, tall, thin, vaguely androgynous with four arms, and have hands and claws, and usually some horns and an animal-y face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they are deadly warriors. You know, claws and stuff. Uh, and they also use magic. Uh, they can find the deepest desire of their enemies and show them visions of glory to lead them astray. Okay. Yeah, and even the air surrounding them confuses their uh, the enemy's senses, making them easy uh, pickings for flying demons and stuff. Oh, God. Yeah, so you really got to kill these things from a distance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the, the mirror in Harry Potter in the first Kinda movie, is, that yeah. show. Kind of, yeah. Your, your your wildest desires. Yeah, right? kind of like that, yeah. That's what these ones are all about. Um, so yeah, I reckon snipers are the ones for these guys. Just blow a hole through them from like four <laughs> miles away and then move on with your life. Or nukes, just, just, just bomb an area in obliteration. That'll sort them out. 
Yeah. <laughs> what if your wildest desire at that moment is for them to die because you're <laughs> because you're terrified? <laughs> they just keel over. I mean, they're the moderators of it. They they would just say no, no. Ah, I suppose canceled. yeah. <laughs> 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 power. Hit the cancel button. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're not doing that one. No, that one's creepy. We're not doing that one. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah, I'll get you a puppy here. <laughs> Here's a nice plant for your new house. <laughs> oh, God. Set the bar lower. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that guy really wanted a plant for his house. You don't know. <laughs> uh, that guy needs to come out more. <laughs> the well, he did, and now he's fighting one of these things. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. that's yeah. See, going outside is the worst thing in 40k. <laughs> no one wants to be fucking outside. Everyone wants to be in a bunker hiding under a desk forever. It's the, it's the happiest place. I mean, it's the safest option. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, as you'd guess, because these are Slanesh's dudes, uh, they are obsessed with sensation, feeling it, and providing it to others, be it pain or pleasure. Huh. So Lovely. they're just as easily easy to try to like get you to have sex with them on the battlefield as they are to like tear your intestines out and strangle you with them. <laughs> you know, whatever sounds right at the time. I was about to say that's an image I'm not gonna get out of my head. Which one? I, either is pretty powerful. <laughs> both. <laughs> you might at be the both same at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that. The common yes. demons of Slanesh are the demonettes. Uh, they are typically scantily clad, pale, feminine humanoids with purple hair and lobster claws, or something, or sometimes they have hands, uh, or yeah. a combination of both. I will send you a picture. I remembered getting this picture this time. I couldn't remember if I got the other one. Yeah, oh, God, they're a thing. But that's kind of. Oh, uh. It's somehow worse and better than you were expecting, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to say it. Weird, huh? Uh, I was about to say, that's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about this, Ryan. This yeah, the lobster claws are the part that worry me. The rest of it I'm kind of okay with. <laughs> she has crabs. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. Jesus Christ. Oh, that was a good one though. <laughs> Moving on rapidly. <laughs> They're alluring aroma uh, that coats them, makes them, uh, everyone everyone that sees them, sees them as like the epitome of beauty. Uh, and then usually they gut you with their claws. So you'd see them and be like, that is the sexiest thing in existence. As you get stabbed. Well, yeah. I mean, I will just say I have a scratchy back right now, and those claws are looking in. <laughs> they do look helpful, don't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, next, we have the Steed of Slanesh, which is, it's like, it's weird, right? The Steed of Slanesh has a serpentine body with two legs and weirdly thin head. Kind of looks like a weird horse, to be honest. I feel like we've come across this uh, whole theme of in Warhammer. Where do you even find a horse? <laughs> and I think in the last couple of episodes, we have came across horse things, beings, a couple of times now, Ryan. So that is true. If you just backtrack to the point where you asked uh, like four or five episodes ago, where do you even find a horse? Well, you know, there you go. 
I think that was in the Kriegsman. No, that was the before Craigslist. Yeah, Craigslist <laughs> episode. Okay, I can't find a picture of it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you can look it's it up if you want. <laughs> but yeah, they're weird. They're like snake horses, to be honest. Uh, for some reason, they have absurdly long tongues, like crazy long. Like, I'm talking several meter long tongues. Okay. Uh, uh, allegedly, they can run for, uh, for eternity, and they have clawed feet, so they can claw you, tongue whip you, or just trample you like a horse. <laughs> Great. Yeah, all of that sounds terrible. Yes. <laughs> I don't want one as a pet. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, next is the Fiend of Slanesh, or the Beast of Slanesh, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, yeah, Fiend of Slanesh is the right term, sorry. Uh, I've just sent you a picture of them. They were redesigned. The first ones look fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> the first design of them in the old model is the funniest goddamn thing ever, and I strongly recommend everyone to give it a Google. Uh, but they're kind of like a centaur. They have four legs and a horse body with a humanoid torso on top. Uh, which has like an animal face and horns. They still have the weird tongue and claw arms. <laughs> they are. I'm, I'm, I'm watching like a scorpion. Yeah, they kind of look scorpionish. It's <laughs> somewhere between yeah. a centaur and a scorpion. They are really yeah. weird. Uh, they run incredibly fast, leap around the battlefield, gutting enemies and crushing them. That's fun. Uh, and they have a toxin on their tongue that makes you fall asleep. So if you get tongue whipped, you just pass out shortly after. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, and my favourite part is that once they've killed enough enemies, they can let out a song that uh, can cause organ failure or death just by hearing it. Okay, that's lethal. <laughs> yeah, they just sing and your kidneys rupture. <laughs> That's like Cardi B music, bro. No, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was an odd dig. No, I'm, <laughs> nah, yeah, I, I I'm sorry. Can, I can neither deny or agree with that because I've never listened to Cardi B that I know of. I mean, I reckon like the majority of people who want to listen to our podcast are the types of people who don't like, would like Cardi B music. So You say that. <laughs> I listen to Nicki Minaj and I'm one of the hosts and I don't think those are particularly related. So. <laughs> Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. Lastly, we are going to mention the Chaos Marines under Slanesh, which yes. are most iconically Fulgrim's Emperor children. You know? Our boys in yeah. purple, which is a ridiculous colour, but whatever. It suits Slanesh. Uh, they have now repainted their armour, for the most part, into like pastel colours or a garish bright colour, just to please Slanesh. So basically, they're just horrendous to look at now. But you always see them coming. That's the thing. They're never going to surprise you because they're like running across a battlefield painted in multiple high-vis colors. Like they're not sneaking yeah. up at night. No. Oh, and they also fight in the name of like mindless indulgence and excess. You know, just typical, uh, typical Sanesh stuff. Yeah. Uh, they have like a special kind of troop called Noise Marines now. And honestly, they look like something out of Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, they carry these devastating sonic weapons. The loud sonic blasts disorientate the enemies and for some reason cause explosions. So, you know, fuck those guys. Yeah. I'd love to see one in a kilt with a bagpipe. 
why? Because <laughs> it'd be funny, and bagpipes sound horrendous. It may as well become a weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> like the previous. <laughs> the it's, scorpions. I don't know, I can't yeah, remember what uh, they were it, called. It's, it's the only like justification for a bagpipe that I can find, is if you can actually use it to kill your enemies. <laughs> yeah, you're not making music with it, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for damn sure. <laughs> All right, so the last section is notable characters. <laughs> so, of course, the most notable of Slanesh's followers, as far as I'm concerned, is Fulgrim himself, you know? Uh, yep. Who is now a Chaos Primarch. Why is my dog waiting? Why can I not see her? Where are you? There. She blends into the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> she would be a good soldier. She would. We had a thing for a while when I first got her that we wanted to get her into like attack class training and then get her one of those harnesses that the army put on uh, German Shepherds so you could throw them through windows and then she yeah. could be codenamed Achilles because she could only bite the back of your ankle. <laughs> <laughs> that my we- that's my weak point, right? <laughs> I guess everyone's weak point. <laughs> it was for Achilles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. <clears throat> So, uh, so Fulgrim now stands as the Chaos Primarch of Slanesh, and we will go into his story properly, but I feel like telling it now would be, it'd be out of place, you know? there's It's a really good story, but I feel like we should just cover it in Fulgrim's story as a whole, you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. yes, it would be out of place right now. Yeah. I mean, it would tie together, but it's something that we should do a deep dive in at some point exactly yes it's it's a fully fleshed out story in itself and should be treated as such as far as i'm concerned yes uh we are going to mention the foremost of slanesh's keepers of secrets zara Kinel, which is a really cool name i think they are called the bringer of torment the soul eater the unholy one and the angel of despair uh, if you'll give me a moment to avoid my dog i have a picture of them for you <laughs> right <laughs> Zara Kinel. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, they're a keeper of secrets. They're just a really cool one. Uh, now, there are a few stories about Zara Kinel just being an absolute monster and a badass. Um, Zara Kinel was created from the darkest, deepest parts of the human psyche. Jealousy and sadistic carnal pleasure. So, you know, <laughs> cheating on your partner and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, that tongue, though. Exactly. <laughs> No, it's not that kind of podcast. But holy, <laughs> it looks like a, it looks like a predator, you know, with like longer tentacle hair. Or what, it you, does. You know what I mean, right? It does. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fair point. I never thought of that. But yeah, it does. A really pale one, like a completely white one with like bluish tints on like the edges of everything. So on the tentacles, on the hair, on the legs, on the arms. Yeah. Uh, so, I want you to know, right, Zara Canel is possibly one of the most dangerous demons in the galaxy, right? I can see that. But my favorite thing about her is that she was summoned to a world that had a pleasure cult uprising, right? And on this world, all she did was help them overthrow the government. Uh, okay. <laughs> like, there's a lot of stories about Zach and Elle turning up and, like, like, totally decimating worlds and all this other typical demon stuff. But my favorite one is that one of the stories I found is just a cult was trying to take, like, overthrow their government. They summoned the demon and got Zara Canel, and they just helped them with a military coup. 
<laughs> now, if that's not a great use for a sex demon, I don't know what is. <laughs> uh, I mean, if it works, it works, right? That's it. If it works, it's not stupid. Yeah. Oh, Jihar the uh, Lacerator is a fun guy. Uh, you're going to love this guy. Uh, you ever wondered how many spikes you can fit on a suit of armor? Well, Jihar has, and he found out, because his armor is just covered in spikes. Oh. <laughs> uh, he was an officer of the Emperor's Children, and he gradually gained a following of like fellow Chaos Marines and cultists and stuff. And apparently he was so terrifying that the dead screamed when he approached. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he was killed by Imperial Infantry heavy weapons. <laughs> So a bunch of Chaos Marines rocked up to attack a planet and they were like, should we wait for them to get close and engage them in a firefight? And one guy was just like, nah, let's use the artillery. <laughs> and just bombed them into next week and that's how he died. I would be that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would always be the infantryman that was like, can we please just use the artillery? Yes, like, I don't want anything to do with that. Nope. I'm, I'm just going to hit the nope button. <laughs> yeah, like, we can. We have artillery large enough to bomb things on the other side of the planet. Can we just do that instead? <laughs> like, I don't want to see them up close. Can we just turn them in ash before they get here, please? <laughs> so that's basically what they did, and that's how this guy died, unfortunately. Well... Such is life. Yeah, I like to think that he was like in front of his army, like hyping them all up, all scary and shit, and then just got crushed by an artillery shell. <laughs> like it didn't you know, even if, go off; it just squished him. If it was me, right, I would be my men. I have one good advice for you. This is my motivation for you: life sucks, and then you die. <laughs> Famous last words: Get crushed. <laughs> 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 I mean that that's how I live that's how I live my life, Ryan. You're like, yep, he was right. Life sucked and then he died. Moving yeah. on. I mean that's how I live my life, you know. That's fair, yeah. So the last guy we're gonna talk about is my favorite demon in all of 40k. It's the guy called Lucius the Eternal, right? Yeah. He was an Emperor's Children Marine who grew to become a champion of Slanesh, right? And when he was killed, his death was such exquisite pleasure that Slanesh took notice, and he had him reborn into the person that killed him. Right? Yeah. So the guy that killed him over the next like week or so, gradually his skin started to turn translucent, and he felt ill and so that. And eventually, he just he just turned into Lucius. And now his face was like a twisted mass on Lucius's armor forever. And this has happened a bunch of times. So Lucius's armor is just covered in the twisted faces of all the people that have killed him in the past and then been proud about it. So yeah, that's the, that's the rule, is that Lucius is immortal if the person that kills him feels pride or pleasure from having killed him. Yeah, I vaguely remember we've talked about this before too. Yeah, I think I mentioned the story at one episode, uh, at the end of one of the episodes, but I don't think it, it was in the edit. So, just oh. for the sake of that story, it is a short story about this random civilian who like works in like construction y stuff on this backwater planet in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and uh, the story just follows this guy's day to day, boring ass, miserable life. 
and he gradually notices his skin turning translucent and weird lines appearing on him and stuff. And then one day, he's just Lucius. Yeah. (laughs) And Lucius is just sat there, bewildered, because he died in a mine on another planet. They were assaulting a mining complex on another planet, and the mine exploded and killed him. This random worker was so proud of his work on that mine that it killing him made Lucius turn into him. <laughs> so Lucius is now just stuck on this backwater nowhere planet with nothing on it. Like, the fuck do I do now? <laughs> but I guess I take over this place. Good. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, honestly, that's what I wanted to run through with Slanesh. That's uh, that's what we've got. That's how Slanesh does shit. Well, Alrighty then. What do we think? What, thoughts, feelings? Uh, <clears throat> thoughts and feelings about this is. Ew. I feel good about this because <laughs> now, the thing is, Ryan, you haven't told me much today that I actually didn't know about before or vaguely have been told before. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is one of the episodes where I've actually I've, you haven't lost me once. Excellent. See, that's the thing. We've talked about Slanesh a bunch of times whenever we've talked about the Eldar. So you had a yes. bit of knowledge about them already. It's uh, it's more the other gods that will be a bit of a blank for you, I think. Because you'll have the general idea. Zinch is a hard one just to explain. Um, but yeah, I, I thought you'd have an easier time with Slanesh than the rest because we've kind of been so close to the topic before. Yeah, I think Zinch is the, is the hard one. I think Korn, I, I got a good grip on that. I think Slanesh, obviously, with the Eldar. And I think uh, Nurgle, just based off the fact that I, I cannot forget that episode <laughs> we did, despite how much I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of unavoidable. Nurgle's a pretty yeah. gross dude. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard some things. And like I told you, I have a very visual mind. So, yeah, yeah that's it's not a good combination. I will tell you that. <laughs> That is fair. But I think that's us for today. Would you like to tie us out? Sure thing. So, uh, yeah, if you guys enjoyed this, uh, well, then I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to do a YouTube outro there, but hey, yo. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed uh, this episode, and uh, we will see you in the next one. Take care and uh, peace. Bye.